The Diary Eagles podcast and the Sports Gaming Podcast Network is presented by MyBookie.ag. Winning season is back at MyBookie, and they're now offering a 100% deposit bonus when you use the promo code SGP. That's MyBookie.ag promo code SGP to play, win, and get paid. We're also brought to you by BetQL. Want to get an advantage over the sports book? You need to download BetQL, the only app you'll need to make smart bets this season. Head to betql.co and enter code SGP20 for 20% off your first subscription. That's betql.co, promo code SGP20. We're also brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a new daily fantasy sports app built specifically for player props. Download the app in the App Store and use promo code SGP for an instant deposit match up to $50. That's thrivefantasy.com promo code SGP. Sign up and prop up today. We're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in paperhead providers and they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. Welcome everyone to the diehard Eagles podcast. I'm Sean stacking the money green with my fellow diehard Eagles fans, Rob and Justin Rob, another uh, disappointing Eagles game. This time a 23, 23 tie to the Cincinnati Bengals. Feels like it's just time to uh, open up the vents. Give us, give us just one minute uh, on your thoughts of this uh, debacle game. Thank you, Sean. I've been uh, stewing on this one for a few days here. We punted for a tie. But let's think about that for a minute. We <laughs> willingly punted so we could tie a game. I mean, this says it all where we're at at the season. You know, Doug Peterson, who has always prided himself on going for it in tough situations, he goes for it on fourth down um, and is often successful. In this case, he decides to punt for a tie. You know, this tells you multiple things. One, he has absolutely no confidence in Carson Wentz right now. Clearly, he's scared of a turnover. I mean, who can blame him? He has what, like six interceptions, three fumbles, something along those lines, uh, two interceptions last game alone. So, you know, you got the fear of, of Wentz. Um, he's scared uh, of the defense. If, if he would put Jake Elliott out there and he would miss the kick. I mean, there was what 19 seconds left in that game, something like that. And Doug Hello? Peterson did not think our, yes. Uh, yes. you know, defense could get one stop. It, it just, it was a cowardly move. And then after the game, um, turning in you know, he has the stones passing, to get up the there and say, well, I hope something is. positive would come um, out of the punt. Say, do, so I mean, something positive. What, um, what positive is coming out of a punt? You're hoping for a turnover. Um, the whole thing made no sense. Not surprisingly, the day after he tried to backtrack. Okay. Uh, you know, he needs to think better on the spot and it was absolutely unacceptable and it shows everything that's wrong with this season. It's starting from the top down and Doug needs to do a better job with coaching. He needs to do a better job calling plays and he needs to do a better job coaching Carson Wentz and coaching him hard. I saw an excellent YouTube video today 
that really broke down Mensa's mechanics and how much they've regressed since 2017. And, you know, it goes a lot to where he points his toes was the correlation. When he points his toes at the receiver, he turns his hip more and he's more accurate. He, ha he has a tendency based on this video. And again, I can't pretend I'm a quarterback guru. Doug's already said, if you didn't play in the NFL, you, you can't <laughs> comment on that. So, uh, although by the way, his own, uh, quarterback coach, press Taylor, never played in the NFL. He was a quarterback, but never played in the NFL. So let's just get that out there. So anyway, clearly someone needs to give Carson Wentz some tough love. He has the ability, but his mechanics are causing tons of problems and you know, the fact that now Doug can't even try to win the game, it, it, it's unacceptable and it's unforgivable, quite honestly. And I don't know how to write this shit, but it's got to start with Doug and he's got to turn the players around. Yeah. Well, so much to unpack there. One great, great monologue, great vent to start the podcast <laughs> off. And uh, I think we're able to keep this audio in, but kudos to Justin through. Uh, taking a work call mid podcast of, of Rob's rant, Rob, completely unrattled, steady focus, getting, getting the rant where it had to go. Uh, you know, maybe Carson Wentz and the Eagles can take a page from, uh, from Rob there powering through delivering his points. Yeah. You nailed it. I mean, the, the, one of the most fun things about Doug was that he wasn't a huge pussy that he, that he called the Philly special. Uh, you know, a, a trick play in the Super Bowl. Like he wasn't afraid to go for it on fourth down. I mean, so many plays uh, in that game to really go for it. I mean, just the the plays leading up to the field goal attempt where you're kind of settling for a 59 yard field goal. Like what the fuck? Um, the fact that you don't try a 64 yarder. One Jake Elliott. I mean, if you saw him uh, that field goal he had that was 55 yards, see that he just nailed. Seemed like that had plenty of room on it. I would have tried the 64 yarder. And again, what, why not go for it on fourth and 12? You know, he was, he was saying he was hoping something positive could come from the punt much more likely something positive comes from a fourth and 12, maybe went scrambles. Again, you take a little time off the clock. They still get it at midfield. They're not going to be able to kick a 60 yarder going the other way. And then coming back, my, my wife even pointed out, she goes, why didn't they just go for two, like going for two could have been an opportunity to just kind of revitalize this team and go, you know what? Yeah. And if you don't get it fine, fuck it. We're just going to, we're playing with house money. We didn't deserve to beat the Bengals anyway. I would have loved for Doug and, and Carson to go for two. I mean, Carson looked like crap for a big portion of the game with the exception of that, that final drive to tie up the game. Like he was old Carson running around kind of a gritty, uh, a play there to get the ball into the end zone. And one of his better drives, especially, you know, coming back in the fourth quarter. So he took any sort of momentum they may have had in tying the game and refused to roll with it. Justin, I know uh, clearly you're busy, but what anything you want to get off your chest here uh, from the Bengals game, <laughs> and, and uh, Justin, just, I, just before you start, you can't pass on this one. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I figured Rob was gonna make me relive everything that I've already seen, so I, I would prefer to uh, do work than uh, relive this Eagles season so far. But um, <laughs> yeah, basically, uh, <laughs> most of what Rob said, uh, and then yeah, Sean, you kind of hit the nail on the head there with the two-point conversion. That's what I was gonna uh, point out because I know a lot of people are upset about the punt, but 
Uh, when we scored, I mean, there were, what, 20 seconds left on the clock? It just seemed like it would have been a huge morale burst and a boost and uh turnaround to the season if we had gone for two. I mean, the worst case, you know, I mean, obviously we lose the game. We're 0-3, but uh, our season was already looking like it was in the toilet regardless. So uh, if you can punch it in for two, win the game there, I mean, that could be a huge um, galvanizing moment that the team can build upon, hopefully, especially after Carson was able to punch it in with that nice run there. Um, so it kind of, you know, sucked away a little bit of confidence, um, obviously having to head into the OT and then punting then as well. So, um, yeah, you guys pretty much hit on everything else I was going to touch on. So there you go. Well, well, keeping it in the negative, uh, before we try and find some sort of positive, I, I breaking point. Like what is, what is a, a thing out there that you just can't see from this team anymore for me? And we saw it dusted out or dusted off the um, Jim Schwartz, who probably not high on the, uh, the blame totem pole right now, uh, as far as like what's gone wrong with the season, but that, you know, third and 22 picket fence, this, you can't run that play anymore where they have all the defensive players sitting right at the first down and the Bengals just checked it down. And the, the running back eluded them and got the first down. Like you just can't do that. Especially with this team that was actually getting pressure on burrow the entire game. Like we had eight sacks. We were getting to the quarterback. We were rattling Joe burrow third and 22, bring the house. What are you doing? Sitting back and giving him an easy check down that picket fence. I've never liked it. I, I don't care if the stats show, Oh, they don't pick up the first down, but you lose 20. Even if they didn't get the first down, you're losing 20 yards of field position. This isn't a team that could just say, Hey, we don't need 20 yards of field position. We're fine. Clearly we're not fine. We need all the fucking yards we can get. You need to bring the house on 30 and 22, the picket fence. I'm losing my mind with it. Justin, what's uh you got one thing in particular? Uh man, there were just so many things. Uh <laughs> man, I'm looking at uh I mean Carson is just frustrating the crap out of me uh with the lack of confidence. I still each week um am, am focusing in on Wentz more than anybody because you just feel like he could be the one thing to be able to turn around this season, but the Aaron throws are just constantly killing me. Um and just the there's zero poison confidence in there. Um, I, maybe he could turn it around at some point, but um, I'm just I'm totally losing it there. Yeah, no, it's it's weird with Wentz. Like his floor was always average quarterback, right? Like okay, he has some games where he looks like a superstar, but then you know even at his worst pr- coming into the season, it was still like. Okay, he was still solid. He was still average. He wasn't throwing a bunch of interceptions. Yeah, he kind of had the fumble thing going, but at least he wasn't turning the ball over. Now he's like his ceiling is or sorry, his floor is like bottom bottom 5 quarterback in the league, which I just never thought I would see out of Carson. I, and again, I guess I'm holding on to the fact that it really he's only had um a bad two and a half games. I'm not minimizing it, but maybe there is hope that he gets out of this mental funk that he's in. And I I'm still, I still believe it's totally just a hundred percent mental and, and maybe is able to steer the ship. Rob, uh, you had a laundry list there, but if there's one thing, a play, a formation, a strategy, a, uh, a, a personnel group, a, uh, you know, a drop, whatever it is, what's one thing that really, if you had a genie in a bottle and you could fix one thing, what would it be? Yeah. Thank you for asking Sean. So this is easy. 
How about that <laughs> wide receiver bubble screen? Oh my God. I mean, seriously, has this play ever worked for us? Either Wentz throws a terrible pass and you know, it, it, the play's dead off the start. Our receiver catches it and it's a five <laughs> yard loss. We miss our blocks. I mean, the play has just never worked. Why does Doug insist on going back to this play? It's an awful play. It should be thrown out of the playbook. And I'd rather see him run right up the middle and gain two yards than try this bubble screen. It is the worst. He needs to bury it. It never needs to see the light of day again. Well, and especially it was especially frustrating seeing them run it against in the Bengals game because they're running with Greg Ward and arounds with Greg Ward. It's like, no, Greg Ward is a possession receiver, a guy with good hands that Carson can find over the middle. Hey, third and six, and, and Greg Ward just sitting over the middle, a reliable catch guy. He's not a like a, a, an athletic burst guy. There was a reason he wasn't drafted. There was a reason he was in the AF. Like the guy doesn't have an amazing 40 time. Now, if you want to talk about maybe getting one of these rookies going uh, again, that was when we had uh, rookie speed receivers that were able to be out on the field and maybe getting one of them going maybe, but again, you're right. Like we can't execute it. Well, it makes no sense. Uh, and they just keep going to it. It's, it's really aggravating, but to try change things up a little bit. We got to look, we were, we contractually obligated as Eagles fans to watch the game Sunday night to root for the Eagles time to polish some turds. Uh, I'm going to highlight uh, for me, Malik Jackson. We kind of talked about him last week. He got that awesome hit on Joe Burrow. Granted, they just threw a penalty unclear. What was illegal about the hit? Like he hit him right in the chest uh, with the shoulder, completely legal hit, knocked him out of the game. That's when I I kind of I got a little bit of juice. I felt like, hey man, this is this is what brought me to this team. You know, this defensive line dominating, uh, injuring quarterbacks. It made me. I had a brief, brief flashback to like the early '90s Eagles defenses and a little glimmer of hope. So Malik Jackson, the defensive line looks like Fletcher Cox. He's gonna play. Maybe Hargrave. He, he's slow. Hargrave coming around slow again. Another injured guy, but I, I mean the defensive line in general at least got a little bit right. Justin, give me one positive. Um, I really liked Carson running. Uh, that was a big, a big yeah. one that I noticed. Is you know he was able to get a little bit of confidence back there, but just the fact that you know that's a big tool that he has in his tool belt, and I feel like he's failed to use it, uh, especially last season. Uh, maybe due to injuries, they're telling him not to run obviously, but um, he's going to have to, if he's going to be able to, you know, get this team back and uh, get us back to winning. So Carson running, having a sneaky 65 yards uh, last game was a nice thing to see for once. Yeah. And it, it's a, it gets him on the move where he's best at B you, you pick up some easy first downs and it forces the the defense to change the way they play. I don't know if it's coaching or just Carson whatever it is, it, it, he just needs to do it more and, and injuries be damned at this point, Rob, give us a uh, one diamond in the rough here of this rough, rough season. I'll give you two um, offense. I'll, I'll say Greg Ward had a nice game. He could have done even more, but you know, he had a few yards and um, you know, I, I'm good with how Greg Ward played it. You know, we should get him involved a little more. Defense. I'm going to again give it to Slay. I think you know yeah. maybe I've said him every week so far, but so far he's lived up to the hype, and I'm going to keep giving him credit until he deserves not to get it. He's the only player really on the entire team, offense or defense, that's been consistent so far. And when it looked like he was hurt, 
I, I, you know, I held my breath. I was nervous. Um, luckily, he came. You know, he he's able to keep playing, but he's been good, and I'm going to give him props. Yeah, no, Slay again, bright spot for the uh, for the defense, and it, and he really has kept the number one receivers quiet. Um, the opposing offenses have still figured out ways to pick us apart, but Slay. I mean, it has been one comforting thing of just like, Hey, put slay on the best receiver. That's not an issue. And, and that's kind of taken care of Doug, of course, catching a ton of heat throughout the week and, you know, being in uh, the Philly media and listening to the Philly talk radio, the blogs, the podcasts are always, always nitpicking Doug. And it, and it, it gets really easy, especially when uh, they're doing so bad this week in Doug, uh, there's, there's a couple of gems here, a couple of lines to pick apart. Uh, to me, one thing that I just started laughing when I heard his response, uh, they asked him, Hey, are you considering not calling the plays? Which is kind of a great suggestion. Like maybe, I mean, if he stopped calling plays, give it to Marty Morningweg, much like Andy Reid did in 2008, give him the play. And maybe you can look at things, you know, take a step back. Maybe you can just, you know, be in a former quarterback. Maybe you can just focus uh, on on getting Carson right, maybe you can focus on getting the team's morale right, the mojo, the effort, whatever it is, and just take the play calling off off your plate there. And he responded by saying he's not going to uh, stop calling plays because he really likes doing it. Like what? that is the, that is the worst response. Like there's a lot of things I like doing. But if it's not working out, then you sometimes you have to change. I like drinking whiskey, uh, but at some point you get a hangover, you black out, you crash a vehicle, you decide, hey, even though I really like doing this, maybe it's not good for me or people around me. I I just don't. It's really that one in particular stuck out for me. Uh, Justin, any uh, any Doug lines that particularly got under your skin this week? Uh, I mean. Doug is just, uh, he's frustrating because he's just so um, <laughs> oblivious to the media and their concerns and uh, what it is they're trying to get out of him. Uh, it, we're obviously losing, but his nonchalantness that he's been starting to show about um, what's been taking place is starting to frustrate not only the media, but obviously the fans. Um, it's kind of what, you know, has gotten a few coaches recently run out of town. So. I don't have anything specific, but just general I, I, attitude. Just, yeah, just general attitude. What about you, Rob? I feel like you're always setting us some Doug lines in the Eagles uh, group text. Uh, I'm I'm down on Doug probably more than anyone, but I already touched on the one that he thought maybe something positive would happen from the punt. <laughs> I mean, how stupid is that? Come on, he, he, give me a break. Doug. Do, <laughs> um, it, you know, that's just one, and I'll, I'll give you another too. They asked him, you know, something along the lines of. Uh, you know, what, uh, you know, why fans should still believe the team can turn it around. And he said something like, well, even if the team was three and oh, you guys wouldn't be happy, you know, referring to the, I'm, I'm sure the reporters and the Philly fans, I mean, come on, Doug, it's a valid question. You haven't won a game. You punted for a tie. Uh, you know, let's, let's get this going here. Get focused. Stop getting cocky with the media and do your job and focus on making this team better. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think, and again, it's just, it, it makes such a difference whether you're winning or losing, but 
you know, when they're winning, it's like, yeah, Doug's a carefree, relaxed guy, casual, you know, doesn't overthink things. But then when it's going wrong, it's like, oh God, this guy's just an idiot. He's a himbo. Like, look at him. He has no idea what he's doing. He's in over his head. And so like some of the stuff that was almost like, oh, that's classic Doug. It's charming is now kind of coming back to haunt him. If I was Doug and, and this kind of just gets to the broader 2000 or uh, just like a broader uh, point here. If I was Doug, I would kind of uh, dangle this, the Eagles, 2008 season. I mean, there, there are a number of reasons or uh, similarities, striking similarities between this season right now and the 2008 season, of course, off to a horrible start. We also tied the Bengals in that season. McNabb uh, looked horrible early on in the season. He was actually benched in the Ravens game. And you know, they ended up going nine, six, and one, snuck into the playoffs, went on a crazy run with Deshaun Jackson, got to the NFC Championship. So that if I was Doug, I would kind of maybe throw out the Eagles 2008 season as a possibility of like, hey, this is a long season. It's only three games. But instead, he has to like, you know, go at the the people and get defensive. And he's clearly feeling the heat. Justin, is it crazy to kind of compare this season to the Eagles 2008 season? I mean, he could try to use it in order to rally everybody, but I, it's just a completely different team. I mean, uh, 2008 season wasn't nearly as injured as we are right now. Um, I hate to use injuries as an excuse, but it'd be a tough one to pull there. Um, the other thing too, is I think that, uh, that tie actually happened, what, like the 10th game in the season. So it was a little bit different, not nearly as hard to rally those guys if you needed to, um, with us being what Oh, two and one right now. Uh, it'd be a little bit more difficult. I'd say um, I can't really see the comparison, so to speak. Maybe it is. Uh, maybe we do need to bench Carson though, in order to try and, you know, uh, make him understand that he needs a little bit better of a work ethic and to get these guys going. Well, uh, yeah. I mean uh, that, 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 that uh, is a great transition. Let's just, let's just get into it. Rob, you threw out a hypothetical in the Eagles group chat. Would you trade and I, I know you don't like answering hypotheticals, Justin. So maybe you'll have to sit this one out. But would you trade Carson Wentz for two number one picks, Rob? Since you came up with the question, the hypothetical. Why don't you walk us through your answer here? Love it. Let's tackle it. Let me let me just ask a point of clarification, Sean. What kind of number one picks are we talking here? Uh, is it going to be a high first round pick? You know, end of the round. You know, that makes well, a big difference. Well, and and, uh, and let's say let's say the trade. Uh, from the Miami Dolphins or or a team where that's like one and two right now, where you don't know. Maybe they would end up being really bad. Uh, maybe they would be okay. You no guarantee on where the picks will fall. Look, this is um, this is an interesting hypothetical, and obviously, since I created it, um, I think it's a good one. Um, but you know, th- there's positives and negatives to this, obviously, and. Most of the positives to me don't even necessarily center around getting rid of Wentz due to his poor play. I mean, look, his his poor play has been three games so far. It, it's it's not the edge of the cliff. He can still turn this around. This is very troubling, but there are some advantages to a rookie QB. Uh, you know, if you get a young QB on that rookie deal, you free up so much cap space. That's how we won the Super Bowl. You know, we had Wentz er, Wentz on that rookie deal. It frees up so much, um, you know, cap space to go for another guys. But 
you know, the reality is even if you get a top pick, say we have a top five pick and we take another QB, it's 50, 50, the guy busts. You just don't know. I know Trevor Lawrence is going to be the it this year and everyone's going to want to take him, but you know, who knows? So it's as tempting as this is and as tempting as this for a knee jerk reaction, I stick with him for now. Um, we've committed so much money to him. There would be a big dead cap hit for at least a year, even if you trade him. Um, I, I think the more important thing we need to focus on right now is coaching him up, getting the players around him and, you know, really working on his mechanics. I, 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 I just, it's tempting, but I think you got to stick with him. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if you could get two first round picks for Carson Wentz, honestly, especially the way he's playing right now, but to me, and even with the, with the conversation regarding benching and maybe it changes, it's a week to week thing. I, I think, especially even with this year, you have to ride this out. Carson, Doug, uh, the, the team, the franchise has too much invested in it. You just have to kind of ride it out and, and see where things go. Justin is Rob and I's decision to stick with Wentz in his time of need. Are, are we being too loyal? Does it make sense from a cold blooded GM perspective to actually trade him for two number ones right now? Well, from a cold blooded GM <laughs> perspective, I tried to look at this from that perspective. I tried to take all my love and emotion out from Wentz that I have for Wentz. And uh, I had to come to the conclusion that if the number one picks are high enough, I'm going to take him. Um, wow. I'm going to take him for a number of reasons here. Um, first of all, because I'm looking at Wentz and I've seen his ceiling and I've seen his floor. His ceiling, though, I haven't seen since, you know, for a couple of seasons actually now. So, and all I've recently seen is that floor. And it seems like we haven't even reached the floor yet, possibly, with how uh, he has lack of confidence and he, he seems to just be relying on talent and no longer has a work ethic. Um, the injuries you got to take into account with him as well. I hate to say that. Um, and the other thing I'm going to definitely take into account is this season's schedule. Um, even if he does improve somewhat um, with us having the hardest schedule now, it just seems like this year is going to be a loss. And at the end of a losing season, like it looks like we're going to have, um, we're going to have to make some difficult choices. So why not make them now? And if you're going to get rid of Wentz, I'm thinking, you know, I don't have that much faith in Doug anymore either. You might as well get a whole new coaching staff in there as well and uh, start to work with this cap because like Rob pointed out, you can free up some cap space. Um, it looks like we might be a little bit in cap hell after this season, especially with this whole COVID situation and that affecting the cap. So I think uh, doing this early rather than later um, could work wonders for this team in the, in the near future. Wow. All right. So you're saying pull the plug, blow it up and, uh, and just say, fuck everyone and, and load up on some picks. Hopefully you're getting rid of Howie in this scenario as well. Right? Uh, like Howie. Yeah, I know, I, mean, I know how he's your boy. Possibly got to get rid of Howie. I'm saying from a cold hearted GM <laughs> standpoint. Yes. Justin um, would probably say no, but if I can put myself <laughs> out of my body um, and look at them from a different perspective. Well, yeah, I think that's the way Rob, I would go. Rob, Justin's really leaning into these uh, hypotheticals. Now he sees a changed man willing to embrace the hypothetical. 
he heard some audio audience feedback and, and got a little nervous. His ratings were tanking and he had to, he had to take a defined position this week to boost them. All right. Breaking it down for this Sunday's game, heading into San Francisco, seven point dogs over at my bookie.ag promo code SGP. Ah, uh, all right. What are we going to, first off, I, I don't know if uh, Justin's going to be watching the game. He's already, he's just going to be looking at spot track, trying to, you know, crunch the numbers for next season and, <laughs> and seeing what we can do. He's, he's probably already, you know, just going to be watching college game film, finding the next uh, diamond in the rough for the Eagles to draft. <laughs> what is one thing we need to see on the defense? I'll kick it off. We can't let the tight end destroy us. We saw what Higby did uh, and he just torched us the, our, our linebackers are horrific again, maybe use the second round pick on a, on a, on a linebacker there, but I think we got to put slay on Kittle. I know it's crazy, but I think with the San Francisco offense, it kind of makes sense to use your number one cornerback on Kittle who was banged up previously. looks like he's going to be a go. So I want to see the defense not get destroyed by the tight end. I'm optimistic about a run defense and that's really the key to the 49er success. If you can stop the run, uh, the play action isn't as successful and it forces Nick Mullins into some third and longs. And I think that's when we have a chance. So I want to see slay on Kittle. Kittle cannot beat us. That is the key for the defensive side of the ball. At least from what I'm seeing, Rob, what do you got to see out of this defense? What are, what is the keys to the defense uh, winning this game? I've said it before and I'm going to say it again. We need a turnover. I mean, seriously, how can we not have one turnover so far this year? We're, we're line getting pressure. We're, you know, we got slay. You know, someone's got to get a turnover. We we are never going to win games if we lose the turnover battle every single week. We're dead last in the in the turnover differential. It's hilarious. The top five teams in turnovers, four of uh, <laughs> and four of them are are teams in the NFC East. So uh, yeah, how are we eight? No, you would think just by pure dumb luck. I mean, when I played for Freedom High School, I recovered a fumble, like, and I was I was no uh, Seth Joyner out there. Like the ball just sometimes falls on the ground, and you get it. I don't know how we can't get one lucky fumble. Justin, what do you want to see? Turnovers? That's obvious. What are some stuff uh, that we haven't hit on that you want to see out of this defense to really get a victory in San Francisco? Yeah, I mean, you you pointed out, uh, you know, covering Kittle. Rob pointed out the turnovers. Uh, one thing I'd really like to see, though, is uh, just getting pressure on Mullins right now. Um, he's a little bit of a sneaky quarterback, and uh, he's a little bit underrated in the Shanahan system. So if we can get some pressure on him, you know, knock some passes down, maybe even get a turnover out of it, it'd be really nice. Uh, get him a little bit rattled. Um, I'd like to see that defensive line really take over this game. Yeah, and again, we saw Malik Jackson getting in there. That that hit on Joe Burrow, you felt you felt alive. You you were ready to cheer for an injury, and, and maybe that that <laughs> that juice from the defensive line. Josh Sweat, kind of Josh Sweat, looking like a starter. I, I don't know where that's come yeah, from. Where did that come from? All of a sudden, we have a pass rush. Hopefully, that can continue out there in San Francisco. But you're right, getting rattling Mullins, I think, is key because. You know, in that in that Shanahan system, they're always bootleg and play action. It's easy to give uh, the quarterback easy throws, and I think that's why Mullins looks pretty good. Um, and, and maybe he is amazing. We'll see. I, I'm a bit skeptical, but I was skeptical of Jimmy G, and Jimmy G succeeds in that system. Like they definitely Shanahan, to his credit, puts the quarterbacks in the best place to succeed. 
getting over to our, our side of the ball offensively again. I mean, the, you know, we have one healthy receiver practicing on Thursday. That's on the 53 man roster. It's going to be Deontay Burnett out there. My boy, G money, AKA Greg Ward, uh, a John Hightower sighting who Hightower has had moments uh, where he's gotten a little bit of speed again, like everything, not in sync, not connecting. But what I really want to see from the offense is that same game plan. They tried it out against the Packers last year, much like last year off to a slow start backs against the wall, primetime game went into Lambeau field. Doug had a great game plan, rejuvenated the team a little bit. Uh, Carson had one of his better road games and it was a lot of eye formation pounding the rock, letting the offensive line get right by moving the defensive line. They don't have Joey Bosa. They don't have DeForest Buckner. Uh, they're not quite as dominating as they were last year. And there's a big opportunity. And I don't care if Miles Sanders has a sore ass or whatever he's dealing with now. Like you got to give this man the ball. Like he should be touching the ball 25 to 30 times uh, this game. Like he's a second year player. There's no excuse for him not to just be uh, a huge part of the game. So I formation Wentz under center, pounding the rock to Miles Sanders. That's my keys to success. Rob, what are you doing if you're uh if you're Doug Peterson and one of the 11 other people they have putting together a game plan this week, defense gets turnovers. Offense has no turnovers specifically Carson Wentz, no interceptions. I'll give him one fumble. If he recovers it, that's it. I don't want to see anything else. Uh, we need to win the turnover battle. So this one goes offense and defense, but you know, beyond that. And that's obviously, you know, that's obvious. Everyone knows we can't turn the ball over. We need to come out this week with a real cohesive game plan. You know, I think it's what you started to touch on Sean, but you know, it seems like the offense just has no identity. Great word. Um, And we need to find our identity. Doug needs to attack. He needs to find something that works against each opponent and stick with it. I don't care if that's, you know, slant passes, if it's, uh, runs to Miles Sanders. If it's the tight ends over the middle, find what it is and let's roll with it. You know, too often we get something going and then we just abandon it for no reason. You know, Miles Sanders is having a great game running. Then in the fourth quarter, we just stop running and lose the game. Yeah. I mean, let, let's, let's stick with what's working, simplify it, do play to Wentz strengths. I think we need to play fast. I think if we play fast, it will uh, eliminate some of Wentz's indecisions, maybe take the thinking out of it, the, you know, the hesitation. Uh, so let's go up tempo too. Let's get that going. Let, let's keep <laughs> it moving and, you know, see what happens, but we need an identity. And that starts with Doug's, he, you know, Doug says, well, it's too fun pa- calling the plays, So he can't <laughs> give it up. Well, you know, you still need to do your job and you need to do it well. And this is your week to show that you can still do it. And you know, we can all debate the role that other people had Frank Reich. And, you know, obviously I'm one of the people that think he had a very instrumental, um, you know, part of our offense and coaching Carson during that super bowl run. But, you know, I can't take it away from Doug, whatever game plan uh, Frank Reich was calling mm-hmm. that year or, or scheming up, I should say, Doug was ultimately calling the plays. So, you know, he has it in him. But you know, my concern is: Does he have it in him to create the scheme, to create that identity, to then call the effective plays? And that's what we need to see this week. Justin, what do you what do you think? Do we go and create an identity in San Francisco? 
We've uh, hung out there before, done some wine tasting, done some drinking out in the <laughs> in the San Francisco Bay Area. Did the Eagles go out there Sunday night? Find a little identity. What do they got to get? Uh, what do they got to do to get the mojo going on the offensive side of the ball? I'm thinking they can uh, establish an identity, and both of you kind of uh, hit on a number of things. I think yeah, just to get some consistency going, uh, you know, pound the rock a little bit more with Sanders, like you said. Um, Rob, uh, hits on a great point with, you know, the play calling, if we can, you know, get those drives going and just not have a, a, a freaking hiccup in between them with a turnover of some sort, or, you know, a, a penalty that seems to always pop up out of nowhere, or, you know, just a, an errant throw. Um, <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe on one of these drives, we can, you know, put some, put some things together. So, um, just, you know, keep it simple. Keep it a little bit more basic with the run game, and you know, uh, get it downfield. Okay, yeah, no, I, I, I think simple is the big word there. Keep it simple, stupid. Just give the ball to fucking Miles Sanders, and let's, you know, let Lane Johnson have a good game of just like pushing guys around. Like, oh man, I, I don't know. That's that's kind of what I'm uh, angling at fantasy wise. Any uh, any players you like fantasy? I think for me. I think if you're playing those like uh, those showdown DFS lineups, I think you take the roll the dice on Hightower. I mean, Greg Ward, I think he's going to get a ton of targets, ton of looks. You know, you could uh, obviously Miles Sanders, uh, Zach Ertz, going to be higher price options. But I think as far as those random guys who maybe come up out of nowhere and have a big Sunday night game, uh, worth taking a dart throw at if you're trying to win one of those big tournaments. I'm going Hightower. So. Uh, Justin, any uh, any DFS daily fantasy fantasy football picks thoughts for this Sunday night game? Yeah, I think you got to go with Greg Ward. Uh, Ertz is going to be covered. You know, you can you can bet on that with all of our injuries, especially to our wide receivers and Goddard being out. Um, so Greg Ward is the number one right now. Um, and if you're not picking him up, I mean, you certainly should. That would be my go-to right now. Yeah, if you're in a uh, if you're in even a 12 team league, I bet a lot of people haven't, if they're not paying attention, haven't thrown Greg Ward on their, uh, you know, on their fantasy football roster. But I mean, if you're in a full point PPR, he could, he could give you a nice game this weekend. I threw him out there last week and, and people thought I was crazy. He's only $3,400 on DraftKings, but he had a cut, he had a touchdown, like 80 yards, eight catches. So I, and I Carson and him seem to have a chemistry, right? Like yeah. he's the one guy that Carson doesn't seem to throw away from. So we'll see. Uh, Rob, any Eagles you thinking of putting, uh, playing in fantasy, throwing in a DFS, DraftKings? What are you doing? I'm with you, Sean. I actually like Hightower. I, I think, you know, he's a rookie. He, he's got a long ways to go, but he's shown that he can get some separation. He's got the speed, and you know, he's due for a catch. Hopefully, Carson Carson sees him when he's open and and can hit him. Uh, and you know, I'm optimistic that his touchdowns coming soon. So. I'll say Hightower, but you know, I'll couch that a bit that honestly, I don't love anyone on the Eagles this week. <laughs> These guys got to prove it. Um, you know, offensively having no receivers, uh, you know, a, a one receiver practice today being Greg Ward, the only one uh, is troubling in and of itself. So uh, I'll stick with Hightower, but uh, you know, I guess choose wisely. You may want to stick with another team for this week. <laughs> I love that honest analysis, Rob. All right, let's get, let's Let's get a little positive here. Eagles nest 
throwing out a player you predict to have a big game, make a key impact, maybe even help them win a fucking goddamn game. I'm going off the board here, defensive side of the ball, Nikel Roby Coleman. No one uh, seems to want to throw Darius Slay's way. Nikel Roby Coleman, I swear to God, he was tracking one of those Joe Burrow balls. I don't know if it got tipped or whatever, but he he seemed to be locked in on possibly getting an interception there late. Didn't work out. We are just so due for a turnover. I'm going to predict Nikel Roby Coleman is going to be the uh, the player that bursts open the turnover dam and that uh, hopefully drowns the villagers. I don't know where I'm going in this metaphor, but Nikel Roby Coleman breaks things open, gets the turnover train rolling. Justin, uh, give me an eagle that you think is going to have a big game this Sunday. Uh, JJ Ortega Whiteside. No, I'm just kidding. He <laughs> He's not playing. Game. <laughs> he sucks, anyways. Uh, Justin no, just uh, hoping because he he has that jersey and doesn't yeah. want to throw it away. Yeah, Justin. So, let's uh, wait, Justin. Before you get to your guy, I feel like we need to address this. You have yeah. one of your weird. Uh, Chinese made uh, off kilter jerseys of JJ. Wasn't it? That's an official jersey. Even worse, I think he bought an official. Oh, really? Oh, I thought that was one that either like your mother in law made or you got from China. (laughs) Oh my goodness! Well, you do have you do have some of those, right? Didn't your mother in law Uh, make you a jersey? I I bought a I bought a bootleg Wentz one like years (laughs) ago, and it quickly disintegrated when I washed it the first time. Okay, so this this <laughs> tried to save a buck. So, so, when, so for JJ Arcega uh, Whiteside, that's when you decide to step up and, and really, uh, really throw some cash at the official team store. Yeah, that was one uh, I was super excited after that draft day, and uh, within a couple of weeks, I convinced myself that he he was the next TO. <laughs> I, I think I actually did uh, a couple times say he was going to be the next Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, we, I, <laughs> I do remember after the one preseason game where he had a touchdown, yeah. we're like legitimately debating, hey, should we get rid of Alshon Jeffrey? Because I mean, now we have <laughs> a dominant possession receiver. He's much cheaper. And uh, turns out we had zero dominant possession receivers between the two of them now. All right. Uh, Didn't mean to interrupt you there, Justin, but had to, had to talk a little bit about that. What do you, no, that's uh, fair. who's your, who's your Eagle? They expect to have a big game. JJ or Sega Whiteside not practicing because of a calf yeah. injury. Uh, uh, the guy I went with was the guy you already mentioned actually for fantasy. Um, but I'm just, I'm also predicting though, that he'll step up. I don't know about fantasy necessarily, but I could see him having maybe a splash player too would be high tower. Um, like I said earlier, you got Ertz who's going to be consistently covered. Um, and then you got Greg Ward, right? Wide receiver number one now. Um, so hopefully <laughs> Hightower can get open a little bit and uh, get at least a few balls and maybe make a splash player too. We'll see. All right, Rob, coming to you. Who is one player you're predicting to step up? And have a big impact on this game. I'm willing it into existence, and I'm going to say that the Wentz wagon resurfaces, and he has a good game this week. I think, um, you know, I think this is his week to step up, show us what he's made of, and I think he's going to do it. I don't know that we win the game, but Wentz is going to play well. He's going to have no turnovers. Um, I shouldn't say no turnovers. He may have a fumble, <laughs> but we'll recover it. Okay, um, but. But I'll take that at this point. Wentz will play well this week. I'm picking Wentz. And to be clear, I'm still on the Wentz wagon. If you're comparing it to Oregon Trail, sure, maybe uh, someone has got a, uh, uh, you know, one of those horrible diseases you get on Oregon Trail. But I'm still on the wagon. We're still hanging on. 
I, I know Justin's already moving on. He's he's probably you know throwing uh, throwing Wentz down a uh, I don't know. Justin, you you clearly bailing on Wentz. Don't worry, Rob and I saving a seat on the Wentz wagon. Let's uh, kick things off, Justin. <laughs> I'm just I, saying. Hold on. Are hold you on. are you are you even going to watch the game? Maybe you're going to be breaking down tape on Justin yes, Fields. Hypothetical and I answered it. <laughs> now I'm, I'm getting crap for it. It's I know it's it's talk radio. It's a tough spot, but we'll let you. We'll give you since you answered the hypothetical question honestly. We'll allow you first dibs at the final score prediction. What are you doing this week? What are the Eagles doing? What do you got it? I could see it being 14, 10 Eagles. Um, I think it's going to be, you know, more of a defensive game. Um, I'm hoping Wentz can kind of put it together, put a couple solid drives together, but 14, 10 is, is uh, my prediction here. Yeah. I mean, certainly that would fall in line with the ugly, uh, ugly nature of the Eagles season so far to see an ugly game uh, like that. Rob, where are you at? I know, I know you've been hinting at the fact that you might, you think they might not be able to pull it off. Are you going to officially pull the trigger on picking against the Eagles? I am going to pick against the Eagles. I think the final score is 23 to 21 49ers. And if the Eagles win, I am going to say that it was, uh, you know, I was just playing games with them, motivating them uh, by picking against them, and I will take all the credit. All right, you put yourself. I pick in- my team. I pick my team, <laughs> and I get crapped on for Wentz. I haven't given up. I'm just pointing that out. <laughs> uh, you're right. You haven't. You haven't given up, Rob. Maybe. Maybe given up, but at least he has the Eagles covering the spread. I'll give him that much. And to that point, I honestly, I have not bet on the Eagles. Yet this season that changes this Sunday night. Give me the Eagles plus two fifty over at my bookie. They uh, they pull out the outright victory against the San Francisco 49ers, thirty one to seventeen. I don't know how it happens, but it happens, and I'm I'm just ready to uh, to believe once again in Carson Wentz and the Eagles. And hell, who knows if they if the Browns beat the Cowboys, which is certainly a possibility. I don't want to jinx it, but uh, we would then be in first place somehow in the NFC East. Thank you everyone for checking out the diehard Eagles podcast for Justin, for Rob. I'm Sean stacking the money green. Go birds. Go birds. Go birds.